This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. And I was thinking to myself, the ejections are starting to get out of hand because we've seen it with Draymond Green, Nick Claxton, James Harden. So I don't think it's necessarily the ref show, like some people are uh, alleging, but it is kind of getting out of hand where the NBA playoffs have felt so dramatic. Like I said yesterday, it feels like they need to be on Bravo, like one of those mm-hmm. housewives shows. So will we see more drama unfolding tonight in the NBA? So let's start with uh, Boston and Atlanta Celtics laying four and a half here, and they lead the series two games to nothing total two twenty eight and a half. Jenks, what was your initial read here? Because for me, it's tough to see the side of Atlanta, even though this Hawks team is now back at home. Yeah, that's the problem is that, God, I don't know. I just, I I haven't, this is how I feel about the Nets and the Sixers, right? Like the Nets just Mm -hmm. haven't been competitive. And yeah, the Sixers barely covered last night by a half point. But at the end of the day, the Hawks just aren't shooting the ball well at all and a lot of that has to do with the celtics defense and a lot of it has to do with the fact that trey young in particular just isn't a very efficient shooter from deep i mean they've been awful and that's their bread and butter if the hawks aren't hitting from long range like you can just rip them wide open and destroy them and i feel like that's what boston has done so far the celtics have won seven straight against the hawks chelsea and they've covered all seven times so I got to see some sort of life from the Hawks. It's been like this entire series, just dead, just dead on arrival. So I would lay it with Boston. Also, do you think home court advantage is truly worth five points? Because no. that's the question we had yesterday with the Sixers in the Nets. Even though it's a change of venue and you're playing mm-hmm. on your home court, like this isn't Death Valley. Like, am I wrong here? Right. Or do you feel like it's kind of an overreaction? I feel like it's an overreaction, and and we're going to talk about the Nuggets-T-Wolves game. This is another one where it's just a wild point swing just because of home court, and I just think it's too much. I really do. Do you think it's squarely because of home court, or do you think there is some level of urgency that you see with a team that's down two games to none? Because I'll say one thing about the Nets last mm-hmm. night. If you had the Sixers minus four and a half, that was an absolute sweat, and you were very oh, yeah. close to losing – that bet so maybe that is built into the number as well it's not just the fact that the hawks are at home it's also the fact that they're in desperation mode yeah no i think that's a very good point too because playoff basketball is different and when you have a team Mm -hmm. back against the wall home court it's it's a different situation than the regular season i tend to think it's still too many points but yeah i think that's exactly right Also, both of these games in this series have hit the under, although this points total, I believe, has ticked up half a point. I think I would still lean towards the under, but I think a lot of this depends 
on what you expect from the Atlanta Hawks offense because that's been the problem if you've been playing the mm-hmm. over in this series is the Hawks really can't get anything going offensively speaking. Some of it has been due to bad shooting percentages, but also some of that is on, like you said, the Celtics defense being so tough. And I think they're one of the better teams at taking away your best weapon, which is usually Trey Young, but sometimes I feel like it's DeJounte Murray. So maybe their attention should be focused there. Do you think we see another under? Ooh, I don't know. This seems maybe a touch high. And and the key for Boston has been their defense. That's the thing. When you have a guy like Marcus Smart, Derek White plays great defense too. That's the one thing we don't really focus on when we talk about the Celtics is how good they are defensively. So I think they continue doing that. And so, yeah, if I'm going to lean one way, I'm not going to play many totals. I'm not a totals guy generally, but I would definitely lean under here. I Yeah, I'm not a great totals person either because look at that Clippers and Suns game last night. If you thought to yourself, oh, Kawhi Leonard is out of the lineup, those points are probably going to go out the window. And that game went way over the total. I think the total was like mm-hmm. 250 or something. So sometimes totals can be a little finicky, especially with logic. So it's not my bread and butter, but would learn a lean towards the Celtics covering that short spread. Let's go to New York where we have the Cavs and Knicks squaring off. Knicks now home favorites here, minus one and a half, total to 11 and a half. The Knicks coming off a beatdown at the hands of the Cavs where they shot absolutely terrible. It was a brick party for this uh, this Knicks offense. Do we think that the Knicks rebound at home here? Yeah, I think so. I, I like the Knicks on the money line today, the Nuggets on the money line today. It's such a short spread, but here's the thing. The Cavaliers on the road this season, since we're talking straight up, or at least I'm talking about straight up, Cavaliers on the road, straight up, 20-21 and 21 away from Cleveland. They were also 3-13 and 13 straight up as a road dog during the regular season, and I don't know if coaching is going to matter too much here, but J.B. Bickerstaff, 0-3 lifetime when coaching away from Cleveland. Plus, I have to say, there is something about the Garden Friday night, playoff basketball, Knicks at home. I think you just go Knicks money line here, minus 125. How much do you think regular season trends apply to the postseason? Because the other trend that's been really hot for the Knicks has been playing them in the first half. And Mm -hmm. so it would be basically you're playing the Knicks on the money line here, I would imagine, because usually it's the spread cut in half. So do we think that the Knicks come out swinging here? Because I feel like that's probably a solid play, especially for a team coming off a loss back at home. And also throughout the course of the season, they've been the best first half team in all about basketball. Uh, I guess second to the Grizzlies by one game, 51, 31 and two ATS in the first half. So do you think that this trend is pertinent here? When I think about regular season trends, I Yes and no is the answer because clearly playoff basketball is a different animal. And so who would have thought, like, as we've seen in the playoffs thus far, if you think a team is going to win, pick them to cover because that is a trend that has held true for like 90% of the time, which is not generally what we see during the regular season. So I think it's just one of those factors that you take into consideration. And, And I certainly do. But You also do have to keep in mind, which is why I think some of these swings in point spreads are so significant or greater than we see during the regular season because a home atmosphere in the playoffs, just postseason basketball is different. 
especially at MSG. You know, this is mm -hmm. not your normal stadium environment. Like this is a little different than playing in Atlanta. No offense to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have the history that Madison Square Garden does. So I think that I would lean towards the Knicks in the first half. I think that is the play. What's your read on this series? Because I think this is probably one of the more even match series. I was kind of surprised at last game to where uh, we saw the Knicks offense really go extremely cold because all of these mm -hmm. have been low scoring affairs. First game, 101-97. Second game, 107-90. to Do we think that this is a series that's going to go the distance or do you think the Cavs or the Knicks pull away? Oh, God. I do not know is my answer. I think this is a game or this is a series, I should say. I, I think this is a series that could maybe go the distance. These are two pretty evenly matched teams. I like the Knicks to win tonight. And then if they do, then all of a sudden Cleveland's got the pressure on them going back to the Cavaliers or going back to their home court. Yeah, I, I think we could see this go potentially six, seven games just because I think – I, I, I lean Cleveland here, but the Knicks, especially because the Knicks are such a great road team. Like that's sort of what, what worries me a little bit about Knicks on the money line tonight is because they weren't great at home during the regular season, at least against the number. So that's why I'm going money line here. But yeah, if you look at the trends and you look at the way this series has gone this far, it could absolutely go six, seven games. Right. And I would imagine that we probably see a big game from Donovan Mitchell if it's not one of the other players. Because last game it was Darius Garland, which was a little surprising to me. But I would imagine probably the de defensive attention is squarely mm -hmm. on Donovan Mitchell because he know we know that he is their primary scoring threat. Let's go to the series in uh, Minnesota where we have Denver coming in with a two-game series lead, but only short Minus two and a half favorites tonight. Uh, two twenty-three and a half is your total here. This one seems suspiciously short mm -hmm. on the spread. Does this worry you as a potential trap? Yeah, sort of. I put it on my card. I'm thinking about maybe taking it off. I, I love the Nuggets on the money line though. It's minus one thirty-five, and look, the line has swung six points just from going to Denver to Minneapolis, and also. Jamal Murray has been the man thus far, not Nikola Jokic, which is great news for the Nuggets because it makes them more balanced. It makes them more difficult to defend. And in their last 31 meetings in Minnesota, I know this incorporates the regular season, which we were just talking about, but the Nuggets are 23-7-1 against the spread. And also, as I've said, I can't stand Rudy Gobert. I admit, that is a factor here. Nuggets money line is the play. The money is coming in on Denver. I know it's short, but I think Denver pulls this one out. I was thinking about playing the T-Wolves if the number was bigger, but I feel like the urgency factor and the uptick in offense that we saw, at least a glimmer of the offense that we expected from Minnesota in last game, where we saw Anthony Edwards finally have a big game where he scored a lot, and they had this run where if it weren't for the first half, maybe the T-Wolves steal yeah. a win on the road. But still, this is a team that's way too up and down, way too untrustworthy for me to want to put money on. So I think that's the bottom line for me because even if the T-Wolves are leading in the first half, they are very susceptible to giving up leads. We've seen it time in mm -hmm. and time again in the postseason, whether it was against the Lakers this year in the play-in game or even dating back to last year against the Grizzlies where they could not hold on to a lead. So even if the T-Wolves are up early in this game and maybe that's the way to play it, maybe the T-Wolves in the first quarter or the first half, I think for the full game, it's going to be the Nuggets that pull it out. 
Yeah, I think so too. And again, I I just the the Timberwolves had a chance and they just absolutely blew it. Like their one chance in in game two was when they actually pulled into the lead for a short time right at the end of the third quarter, I think. And then the Nuggets slowly started to pull away and then ended up covering the number just barely. But I I don't see them. They've been way too inconsistent. And also the Nuggets have really stepped up their defense in the playoffs. I think that's been something we haven't really talked about because Jamal Murray has gone off and Michael Porter has done well in addition to the Joker. So yeah, it's just the Nuggets. And Matt just put this, this is one of those games where you shouldn't think too hard about it. And I kind of think he's right. Maybe it's a trap. It seems like a trap because it's too short, but the Nuggets are clearly the better team. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.